0: on to the show hello everyone and thank you for joining me for the 125th episode i'm going to start that over hello and thank you for joining me for the 125th episode of my podcast dan hill's eq spotlight the series appears here on the new books network which has as its motto sharing knowledge so people can thrive today's topic is why empathy isn't enough I'm joined by Baccia Mesquita. She is the author of Between Us, How Cultures Create Emotions. The publisher is W.W. Norton and Company. Bacha is a social psychologist, an effective scientist, and a pioneer of cultural psychology. She's a distinguished professor of psychology at the University of Leuven in Belgium. She is from a Dutch-Jewish family with parents who survived the Holocaust in hiding. She's also lived in Italy, Bosnia, and the U.S., where she did her postdoctoral work at the University of Michigan. Welcome to the show, Baccia.
1: Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me.
0: I very much look forward to the conversation, and let's uh, jump right in. Uh, give us a brief overview of the book, if you don't mind.
1: That's a big question, but... the, <laughs> the big It took me uh, almost 300 pages, but I think the, the big overview is... We um we sometimes, you know, in often people think that emotions are universal, that there are a few basic emotions, that we don't have to do any translation. I mean, maybe translation of the words. And what the book says is no, um, our emotions are very much cultured. Our emotions as is are as cultures as as our languages, as our food is, as our clothes are. And so we have to really look into um, other cultures or people from other cultures, emotions to understand them. And maybe referring to your to your introduction, um, it's not enough to just imagine what you would feel if you were in circumstances like the one you observe. You have to really figure out what somebody else, is feeling doing what it means, what is happening, um, all of those things. So, so that's a that's a very short introduction to the a very short overview of the book, mostly its conclusions.
0: Okay, there's a there's a term I think we probably should introduce rather quickly for listeners. Uh, you uh, use the acronym weird. What what does weird refer to, and what are the implications of that term?
1: Yeah, weird is not a, an acronym that I came up with, but it stands for Western, educated, industrialized, rich, and democratic countries, um, and it's we a lot of the research that has been done in psychology um, and a lot of psychologists um, are from weird cultures, so. Um, what I'm saying in the book is that a lot of the knowledge that we have is actually good knowledge, but very, for a very narrow slice of the world population, uh, namely for the for the weird cultures.
0: Which would also include maybe a tilt toward anglicized. Is that possible as well, that there's a element of, I guess I'll call it emotional imperialism, although I think that's a term you actually used in the book at one point, just in passing. Um so so that's part of my question, but also I think it seems important to lay out that you are making a very important distinction between what you would say is inside out or kind of a mine approach versus the outside in and our approach yeah um, so
1: I'm, I'm not even i'm not even certain that all weird cultures have the same emotions in the book i I explain how how confused I was when I even uh moved to the united states so so that's not but But I think um, I think are much larger uh, differences, and I do uh, talk about mine emotions and ours emotions, and those are acronyms that I came up with. Mine emotions are emotions that are that focus on mental feelings, insights, uh, the person, and and essences, and it's it's really when we think about, you know. Anger and sadness and happiness, living inside you, inside the mind, um, and always being the same. I I mentioned in the in the book, uh, the movie Inside Out, where um, there are even little characters that are that live in the protagonist head. That I think is the quintessence of. Um, of the mind model that, that you have these emotions that get activated and that are inside you and make you feel in a certain way. ours emotions is actually the an ours model, is the model that most cultures outside of weird cultures have of emotions. And there's much more focus on what is outside a person or between people. Um, so hence the title of my book, Between Us. Um, it's much more, it much more looks at emotions as between people and relational actions. So uh, it looks, for example, at an emotion like anger as what what does anger do towards another person? And And this is actually not so hard to imagine, even in a Western culture, what anger does in many cases is, um, draw boundaries and and tell another person or, or another group that what they're doing is unacceptable. So I think anger, you know, anger does something even in Western cultures. But there are more there are other cultures that um, that have more focus on what emotions do. And then the last part of um, the ours model is the S of si- situated. And it really has the idea that what an emotion looks like, feels like, um, is very much dependent on what the situation requires, what other people expect it to be, um, how how it should be uh, expressed, or or you know how you should behave in that particular circumstance. Um, so, what I'm saying in the book is there are cultures that mostly uh, look at emotions. Uh, through the lens of a mind model. And I think many weird cultures um, are among them. And then there are cultures that mostly look at emotions through uh, the lens of an ours model. Um, and a lot of, of other countries in the world um, do that. Um I also say in the book that in reality, I think if there is such a thing, that everybody has, you know, everybody's emotions have mine and ours aspects. I think that even if we mostly focus on our feelings inside us, we can without much effort recognize that, that emotions do things right anger anger does what i just described and shame does withdraw and submit you to norms and to other people and so it's not so hard even if you're mostly focused on mine emotions to recognize there's an ours part and i would i would say the other way around too even if ours aspects of emotions are most important in your culture um people will recognize that emotions come with feelings that's not the point so that that is a long answer um in response to your question about Inside out and outside in. So, um, well, it,
0: it's, it, yeah, it seems so fundamental to the book that I wanted to make sure you could give an answer, and the long one's perfectly fine by me. Um, so, really, it sounds like the R's is very much, you know, there's there's cultural norms, there's situations, there's relationships. It's it's a much richer emphasis on context.
1: Yeah, I also say in the book there is absolutely more emphasis on context. I also say in the book that. I think that this ours perspective um, would benefit us too. That thinking about our emotions as uh, how are they related to our position, the relationship that we are in, um, our culture, um, would actually benefit our understanding. So in, in uh, again in, in Western science even but also in, in Western dialogue about emotions, people often focus on um, on the inside and neuroscientists go more and more uh, or delve deeper and deeper into the insights. But what I what I argue in the book is that we also need to understand our outsides in order to uh, understand why we have emotions, what we have emotions for, and what it does in our relationships and in society.
0: Um, Yeah, no, I I like that focus very much. I mean, I'm a student of history and uh, appreciator of of culture, high culture and popular culture in various settings. This is a bit of an aside. It didn't come up in the book, but uh, since you studied at the University of Michigan, Just across the border, uh, Quebec versus Ontario, French-speaking Canada versus English-speaking Canada. Did you ever, by chance, uh, delve into uh, differences there?
1: I didn't. I mean, I've been Ah. I've been there, but I didn't I didn't study differences between French speaking and and English speaking Canadians.
0: That's quite all right. Just was curious. So let's go back to you mentioned Inside Out. And as as you may know, an advisor for that movie uh, was Paul Ekman. Mm -hmm. And and I know Paul fairly well, although the introduction strangely came from another uh, person, a friend of mine, Andrew Ortoni, Mm -hmm. who's now a retired professor emeritus of Mm -hmm. psychology from Northwestern University. So many years ago, back in 1990, in fact, uh, uh, Andrew wrote an essay called, uh, what is it? Uh, what's basic about basic emotions right. and and really threw doubt on that. And I found a recent article where he says, are you sure what emotions, you know, what emotions are in fact. So if you didn't mind, I want to do it all in the context of your book, but uh, Andrew's throwing out, uh, you know, questions about how we even arrive at a definition of emotions and he makes a preliminary stab at it. And I'm just curious what might be your perspective vis-a-vis your, your book So he's arguing for three things. One, that emotions need to be valenced, either positive or negative. So he throws out surprise, that they should be about something. He mentions objects, but I think relationships and cultural norms would be of interest. And then he also says that they need to be states of which we are conscious. And I wonder on any of or all three of those uh, stipulations what your perspective might be.
1: Yeah, I don't. So, what I would say is that um, about the f- the first, uh, I'm just, I'm just. Um, so valenced ob- object, and what was the third story? Uh, oh, the third one is that they need to be conscious, oh, states okay. of conscious. Yeah, um, you know, I think <laughs> I am. I am not a big stickler for definitions. I think definitions are anything you agree that a thing is, right? I don't think I don't think emotions are things in the world. I think emotions are things as we categorize them. And and what I try to say with the mine and ours perspective on emotion is that people in the world categorize them differently. Um, sure. But having having said that, and so i 'm also not sure that we 're talking about one psychological mechanism per se, but having said that, I think that I think emotions are about we talk about emotions in many cultures of the world. we talk about emotions or we, we uh, recognize th- um, episodes as emotional. When something happens that is out of the ordinary, and that requires us to adjust. Um, Now, out of the ordinary is often that it's particularly good or particularly bad for you or for your goals or for your values or for the expectations, cultural expectations in the world. So in most cases that means that it's positive or negative, and and that is when it's when it's important in a positive and a negative way. I would probably disagree with Andrew or Tony that um, that uh, something that you don't know yet cannot be an emotion. Just because I think the the most important the the. Uh, the distinguishing uh property is that it's out of the ordinary and needs um the organism or the person to adjust to an out of the ordinary event so I would say surprise fits that definition, but you know once again, if you think that emotion should only be positive or negative, that's a definition um, The second one is an object um I Mm, um, uh, Well, you know, an object is a, an object, I think it's often about a relationship to an object. So I think that people have emotions um, that, um, that basically define or categorize or make meaning of their position in the world. Um, Now that includes often others or you know possibly aspects of the of the environment if you want yeah and, and I would I would jump in there
0: and maybe help you because Andrew also says it's about you know the emotions about something and right. that something can be very much cultural relational etc right
1: right exactly so if that's what you mean I mean, I object um is, you know, it has has the potential of being confused with um just a thing. And I think it's often more than a thing. It's often an event, an episode, a relationship. But that it's ab- the aboutness of emotions I would agree with. Um that, that's that that's a characteristic. Um and then conscious. I mean, you're making meaning. There are different different ways of being conscious. Um, That, I'm not really sure what, there are different kinds of consciousness. I don't think you need to be aware of your feeling. I think you need to be aware of the meaning you give about what he would call an object or the meaning you would give to the, the state of the world and your position to it. Um, sure,
0: and and to put my and to put my own card on the table there, I w- I would admit to you that I have some problem with the notion of conscious because I think human beings are often. Not aware of things, or semi-aware of things, or seek to deny no. their awareness of how they feel at times, and I think that really leads into. And I thought this was a very valuable part of the book when you're talking about unpacking emotional episodes. Can you maybe speak to that? And if you want to say some more about consciousness, by all means.
1: Yeah. No, I. I mean, I. I think you're. I mean, what what I what I think emotions refer to is an event that, you know, as I said, that is important to you, and that you give meaning, and then um, an idea about how to deal with that event, uh, an an action goal, something that, you know, that you want to do to relate to that event, and then possibly um, an act. But also, I think, emotions often happen in the context of relationships or interactions. So, Often, when we talk about emotional episodes, actually other people are involved. So other people contribute. If when I'm angry, i'm I'm almost never angry, I can be angry by myself in front of the TV. But the most com- the more common uh, way of being angry is towards somebody who responds and who either um, submits to my anger or yields to it. Or who, who contests my anger and challenges it and says, how how come you're angry? You are not in a position to be angry or I am the one to be angry. And so what I'm saying is that that episode together is what we call anger. And that if you, um, if you look at, and this is what I say about um, beyond empathy, when I try to understand an emotion of somebody in another culture, I want to look at all those parts of the emotional episode. So I want to look at what is at stake? How is that at stake? um, How does the person give meaning? um, What do they do? What do they try to do? And how do others in the environment uh, respond to that? And how they respond to that also has to do with um, the valence of the emotion. And this is maybe something to be explained is um, emotions feel a certain way in the sense of, you know, anger is probably in itself, not a pleasant emotion. But, um, often in weird cultures, anger is actually not, not a pleasant emotion, but a good emotion, something that um, makes you assertive, um, that makes you an agentic person. Now that's not true in all cultures. And I think the responses of other people and the own, the, the moral value of, of that emotion, um, all the things that determine how the emotion evolves uh, may actually be very uh, different across cultures. So when I say unpack the episode, I mean that you can't assume that any of those parts of the emotion are the same across cultures. And that if you want to know what it feels like um, to be in another person's shoes, you shouldn't project your own feelings in that situation, but you should actually unpack what is at stake what emotion is this person having? What does that emotion mean socially and culturally? How are other people uh, responding or projected to respond? And so, what is the what is the script, so to say, uh, of the emotion? Um, also, social consequences. You know, is it is it a, is 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 it rewarded or or punished? Is this uh, an emotion that elevates your position or that that pulls you down? All of those are culturally um, different. Sure, and and one of the tools,
0: I mean, there's the unpacking of the episodes. You also had something where you have a, a questionnaire, an emotional or emotion profile questionnaire that you that you run. Um, can you talk a bit more about that and how that helps you explore and understand the dynamics involved?
1: Yeah, so we have um, we've used the emotion uh, profile. We have we have used it to. Uh, you know we ask people to tell us about certain uh, types of of situations and and uh, we look at not just are they angry but are they angry and how much anger do they have? how much shame, how sad are they, how happy and so it's a way of approximating uh, all the different facets of of the feeling or the emotion and um what we find first of all is that that profiles within a culture are much more correlated than profiles across cultures. So in other words, they're, in, they're, norm, they're cultural norms of, of these emotion profiles. Also, when you look at migrant groups or um, immigrants and, and immigrant descent uh, minorities, you find that not only are they in the first two generations, are they further away from the, from the majority uh, profile than our majority uh, majority people, but we also find that um, contact with the majority predicts how close they are so we find for example that people who have a lot of majority ma- minority people who have a lot of majority friends are closer to the majority profile um, in similar situations. We also find by the way um, that Uh, getting closer or having more fit to the majority profile uh, does not need to go at the expense of fit with the heritage or the immigrant uh, culture. So it's not to say that there needs to be assimilation. But so this is one of the ways in which we try to approach um, what kind of feelings people have naturally, what kind of emotions they experience naturally, is by having them um, check or, or uh, read a, a profile uh, in a particular situation. It's only one of the ways in which we measure emotions, but it certainly is, a, is something that's telling us, uh, it's a, a certainly a method that's telling us something about uh, emotional acculturation. Sure. No,
0: which I've, I found a really fascinating part of the book. Uh, before we conclude the, the interview, I guess I'll give you a couple of options here. Maybe you want to take both. Uh, I'd want to give you an opportunity to cover anything in the book that you wanted to bring into this conversation, but hadn't had the opportunity. And or I'd be curious what you're, you're working on next.
1: So what I haven't uh, talked about much uh, here is is about child rearing. I think this is one of the domains where people are most surprised in that um, we find that what parents find important in socializing their kids is not uh, that their kids feel good across all cultures, um, feeling and and also not that love is the most important parental uh, emotion. We find that in many uh, this different historical area eras, but also in many cultures, love was not so so central. And uh, kids feeling good about themselves is actually not the most important. And for example, um, there's a lot of research with um, Taiwanese and Chinese um, children, and there it's really important that kids. Um, don't feel too good about themselves, but actually feel shame and know their proper place in the hierarchy. So I think that's a surprising thing for um, people. Love is also a very modern invention. So, so that whole area of child rearing, I think we need to be aware that what we raise our children to be is really the kind of people that we want in our society, uh, which is independent, agentic, uh, by themselves. What I'm working on next uh, is, first of all, um, a continuation of the the profile um, part that I was talking about. Is what? How do we move between cultures? Um, what does that What does that do to our uh, emotions? Do and and under what circumstances? So do we acquire several. Um, the emotions of several cultures, do they coexist? Do we switch between cultures? Do we get um, a blend? Um, I'm also really interested on which of those options is the best and under what circumstances. And I'm really interested in how can we bridge, if if it's true that we do our emotions differently, how can we bridge that gap? How can we uh, communicate with each other try to understand each other without maybe adopting each other's emotions, but still understanding um where we come from emotionally. And so all of all of those questions are are driving my current research. No, I, I think that's fascinating.
0: I mean it, it speaks to all the complexities involved in your statement. Having the emotions that make you part of your culture but of course, increasingly, we are bridging cultures. We're in subcultures, um, all, all of the above and more. So um, fascinating stuff. So I, I want to thank you so much. This has been episode 125. My guest, Bacha Mesquita. She is the author of Between Us, How Cultures Create Emotions. If you've enjoyed today's show, please get a rating or review on iTunes. Finally, I like to conclude every episode with an epigram. In this case, I took one from the novelist Nicholas Sparks, who said, The emotion that can break your heart is sometimes the very one that heals it. Until next time, take care and be well.